Welcome to the Boring Shit You Need to Know About Business podcast with me, Amy Bajada. Join me and other business owners as we explore the art of being in business and challenge that notion that our financial numbers are boring. In today's session, I'm talking with Kate Heslop from State of Solace, a podiatrist owned and run shoe store in Melbourne. Hi, Kate. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Amy. Shoes are one of my greatest loves and I'm a sucker for all types of shoes, even the wrong types. You're probably going to hate me saying that. But to know that you've got a podiatrist who's got your back when it comes to the right footwear, um, that's a whole other level. So what a great idea. What a great concept. Talk to me about your business. Now, you're obviously running both businesses at the moment, so talk me through that. So we have a, I've had a podiatry clinic for the last seven years, B Podiatry, which is quite handily just on the same strip of shops as our new shoe store, um, State of Solace, like you said. So um, the shoe store only opened on the 30th of January, 2020. So it's very That's much, nice. thank you, very much in its infancy, um, but it made a lot of sense having had a clinic for so long and being a female in my well late 20s early 30s now there was so many times that people would come in need different shoes or better shoes and they'd either return with something that I had suggested that they didn't love and quite frankly I probably wouldn't have wanted to wear that much either or they'd come back with something that they were happy with that didn't really tick any of the boxes we've <laughs> talked about so I knew there was, we needed something. Um, and so that's where our little business was born. Oh, that's, yeah, you're so right. You definitely need that happy medium. And you've got some amazingly beautiful products. But what I do want to do today is talk a little bit about both businesses and how they've been impacted by COVID-19. So talk me through podiatry, because one of the things I recently read that definitely made sense to me, and you're going to, again, hate me saying this. So whilst I'm out wearing heels every other day, during COVID-19, I'm walking around with bare feet in my house, which has tiles everywhere. So talk to me a little bit about that and also the impact, I guess, on your your business itself. Yeah. So clinic-wise, you're 100% right. The amount of people that have called us with foot pain since COVID-19, <laughs> working from home, even just going for extra walks or jogs, mental health-wise, people trying to cope. Mm. Um, we are seeing yeah, a bit of an influx in, in that sense of people getting new foot pain because they are kind of in their Ugg boots at home or, you know, life's not normal anymore. So their bodies are having to adapt. Both the businesses have been affected really differently, which is interesting. And I guess one's a much more mature business and one's very much, you know, in its infancy, like I said. So the clinic is running probably at about 50% capacity to what we're used to. But in there, we do have some new patients popping up, which is, you know, we do a little happy dance when someone new books in in this current climate because you just don't know what each day is going to throw at you. Podiatry is so broad. You know, we see babies to 90, 100-year-olds. Um, and we are seeing a difference in, I guess, how people are dealing with COVID-19 and what they see is essential in their life because podiatry is essential in some capacity for a lot of people. We do have a duty of care to our patients, current and future, to be able to look after them, even if it is a tricky time, you know, in everyone's lives. So we also have that yeah, duty of care again to ease the load on the hospitals and also the GP clinics. GP clinics aren't doing a lot of face-to-face -face and a lot of foot issues, new foot issues or complaints do 
need an element of face-to-face as well. So we do have, I guess, the requirement to help them. But that sprung a couple of moral dilemmas as well. You know, I have a duty of care to my team. And that was a really big, I don't know, it was a tricky spot to be in for a couple of weeks there. I, I'm five months, six months pregnant. So I stepped away to try and limit my exposure in the current climate, which the team was really supportive of. But then I realized it's like a captain, you know, deserting the ship (laughs) as it sinks. I felt really guilty. Um, But the team was really, really supportive. And, you know, we had a big team meeting and I talked to them about the duty of care that I have for them and whether they were comfortable at work and that Mm -hmm. it's okay if they're comfortable now, but not comfortable next week. It's, you know, it's completely valid. It's a very changing situation. So that was a really interesting um, conversation, but the whole team very much felt like they wanted to be there for our community during this time. And so we've just adjusted our hours to try and accommodate. We don't need to be doing as many late hours because people are working from home and can come in during the day. So we've just kind of tinkered with our current model and um, we've found a little bit of a hybrid in the clinic that works. Yeah. Have you been able to adopt, um, so many businesses are going online to some degree and there's the allied health that we're now, or telehealth that we're now able to adapt to our businesses. Is that something, I, I know feet are probably a little different, but is that something that you guys have thought about in terms of now that you're faced with these types of situations and we, and you're right, it's changing daily. We don't know what's going to, to happen, even though we've got some positive results. Have you thought about adopting any of those? Yeah, we have. So we've put in telehealth in place, which, you know, was one of those things that I kind of was like, this is a great idea ages ago, you know, 18 (laughs) months ago. I was like, this is a good idea. We should start thinking about this because so often you've got someone with foot pain or heel pain that's just about on the end of their treatment journey and they'll move into state or go Mm -hmm. overseas. So we'd always thought and talked about telehealth as a team and this kind of just yeah, kicked us up the bum to actually get it online. And so we have, and it's been well received, not as much as I thought it would be. And a lot of that came from probably our education of patients to that we don't have to do that much hands-on work with them, especially to figure out what's going on and manage their symptoms. So depending on what's wrong, if it's 99-year-old Mrs. Smith who can't cut her toenails, it's a very different story. That's very hard to do anything via telehealth. But a lot of your biomechanical musculoskeletal issues, we can actually screen and do online, which is really cool. Great. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, So is that something that you'll continue to do long after this now that you've adapted it to your business? Absolutely. And I think, you know, for new mums that are at home and are struggling to get out, all of those things, it's less of a hurdle for them to be able Mm. to get care that they need. So I think it's something we'll always look at offering. I guess, depending on the climate, um, people may or may not take it up in their own circumstances, but it's definitely worthwhile. And we adopted a similar thing with the store. Um, We're offering assistance with online purchases. So The store, we really wanted our unique selling point, I guess, to be that we had podiatrists and podiatry students in store that had an idea about pathologies of foot pain and and the complexities of the foot because it is a really complex part of our body. So that was our unique selling point. So going online kind of really went against the grain for me. (laughs) Um, So early in the piece too. Exactly. It was literally less than two months that we launched the store that this kind of all hit us. So 
we've done it. We've gone online and we're offering essentially online consultations in that aspect as well. Right. Do you have any foot concerns? You know, what are you looking for? What's your job? All of those things so that we can help tailor, I guess, a range of shoes or footwear options for people to be able to help them, I guess, make a more confident purchase because online shopping is hard as it is, let alone Mm -hmm. online footwear shopping. It's a minefield. And even the brands that we stock, you know, a size seven across three brands is not the same size. So... It is complicated, so we're trying to ease that difficulty for people with those online consultations or telephone consultations as well for people who just need a bit of advice on what shoe might be better for them under certain circumstances. So how is the store doing? So in terms of the fact that you've only just opened it, first of all, how was it received prior to the world going crazy and into some sort of meltdown? And then secondly, Would you have seen much of a change given that you do have the online store as well as as the main support? So the store kicked off like a bullet a gate. It was amazing. We had, we've got a really good professional network of osteos and physios and GPs in the area that were really, you know, backing us and what we were doing, which was awesome. So we really hit the ground running on Jan 30th when we opened our doors um, and it was just a really nice progressive upward trend until about the 20th of March when (laughs) the apocalypse started. And um, yeah, we kind of realized really quickly that we couldn't afford to open our doors with the amount of people that now weren't coming in to the, uh, to the store. Sorry. It was a really big shock. We dropped about 96% in a matter of days and it's, it has, pretty much stayed that way. One thing that we found a bit of solace in was that um, the nursing community and the medical frontliners got advised at about that time as well that they needed to have shoes that were wipeable, so leather upper um, or something that could be wiped. And we have a really broad range of footwear that ticked those boxes. So while we weren't seeing, I guess, the stroll through traffic, we were seeing people that really needed our help as well so we had to adapt to a by appointment only system which is what we've done as well in store so if those people did need products from us we could still offer it to them because they need to be comfortable and they need to be well supported they've got a huge you know war against their hands of across the, the whole country and we're situated quite well as far as We've got the Austin Hospital, Northern Hospital, quite a lot of hospitals within our general region. Yes. Um, and some of the brands that we stock, nurses know because they're good good for you and look good as well. So that was still coming in in dribs and drabs, but the appointment by appointment system seems to have worked. Our online store, is it's not taking off. Um, I won't pretend that it is. Um, One of the brands that we stock doesn't want us to be selling their products online. We can advise and educate people that we stock it, but we can't actually process it through an online store platform. So that kind of put another barricade in place for us, which was tricky. But again, like I said, online store kind of goes against our ethos of wanting to be able to provide you know, a service to our customers. So yeah, it's, it was another hurdle, but it is something that hasn't affected us too greatly because we haven't had a huge amount of online sales at this point. Okay. 
All right, but there's still costs associated with running that business. And I know the government is throwing money our way as far as business ownership goes. How's that in terms of support for you? For the store, not great. So because we've only been open since the 30th of Jan, um, we, and we employed casual staff prior to that, we don't fall at the moment. That may change because there was a lot of stuff released last night regarding JobKeeper. We don't really fall under any of the categories at the moment for assistance. You know, my side business too. So from that aspect, I'm getting JobKeeper through the clinic, so therefore can't get it through the store. And it's not so much that I want JobKeeper from two places because I appreciate that's double dipping. Yeah. It's that the JobKeeper tick box would then help with the code of conduct for rental reduction for the store because at the moment it's a negotiation that's open slather because we don't um, qualify for JobKeeper through the store. So that's that's the tricky part that I'm finding at the moment. And, yeah, it's, it's just a bit of a minefield and it's yeah. you, you hope that people, real estate agents and such, aren't playing on the fact that it's a bit too hard. Yeah. But I question sometimes whether or not yeah, they are. I was actually going to say, you know, because the JobKeeper is not necessarily the only one, but, you know, there's a really big push and there was certainly just recently in relation to, you know, landlords and making sure that some of that relief is forwarded on. So obviously being new, you're finding that there's a little bit of a struggle from that. So that's really disappointing to hear that you're, you know, they've got to have a plan B somewhere. And it's amazing that they've been able to put all these provisions in place and they're trying to capture everybody. And I can't even imagine playing that role and having to do that from a financial perspective for our country. I don't envy them at all. <laughs> Neither. I would never want to make those decisions, but um, you're still seeming really good spirits in relation to juggling the two. What is it that you think that from a business perspective, how you'll change or potentially change your mindset now moving forward? And what does that mean for the shoe store in particular? So I think one thing that I was disappointed by is, or not disappointed by, and it's no fault of our own, um, was that we didn't have a reserve fund for the footwear store because it's so new. Someone told me a very long time ago when I first started my clinic that you needed to have a certain percentage of kind of your annual turnover for an apocalypse. And I took that seriously, which was great because here we are essentially. That's great advice. (laughs) The closest thing that we could probably find ourselves in that's close to an apocalypse. So the, the clinic had a little bit of a fund to be able to deal with chaos essentially if big pieces of machinery broke down and those things as well. But we didn't have anything like that ready or set up for the footwear store because it, we'd literally just done a renovation on a store um, that, you know, we didn't have any money, excess money. So I don't know how if I could have actually hedged my bets there and made a better decision around that, but that's something I'd definitely look at longer term. Store-wise, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> right. no, that, um, that's good. Stay with the positive. I think we'll be okay. I've it's definitely made me maybe think a little bit harder and um, reassess certain suppliers and whether our values really align just because of the way they've handled the situation. I, again, appreciate that everyone's trying to survive out there, um, but some have been really, really helpful and some have, you know, put more hurdles in place, which has made life a little bit trickier in already tricky circumstances. So 
I'd maybe probe my suppliers a little bit more in how they deal with, yeah, I guess natural disaster management. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's always it's always good to be challenged in situations. Probably not to this extent. I don't want to do that again. But um, to be able to just rethink some of those, even just those big business thinking, like pushing back on our suppliers, because often as small business owners, we we find that we're up against so many bigger aspects that we don't often challenge even those kinds of concepts to be able to push back and say, well, I want to know how we're going to handle this in the event that this happens. But it sounds like you've received some really great advice early on in your career in terms of opening your clinic and having that reserve fund, which a lot of business owners, it's it could only be a dream to have that excess funds in place. So Obviously, um, your cash flow was working well for you to be able to do that throughout the growth of your business and therefore be able to open the store. How do you see you, you know, planning for cash flow now is going to be very different than it has been in the past. So what sorts of things do you think you might adopt in your thinking going forward? I think across both businesses, I definitely look at like stock holdings in particular, Mm -hmm more closely. I think we used to just buy products or consumables for the clinic that we knew we'd need on a relatively um, consistent basis. In saying, I was about to say, so I might keep a closer eye on that, but with all the PPE shortage, that's also (laughs) been a hurdle for the clinic. So yeah, it's a hard one because you don't really know what you're potentially planning for. So Mm -hmm. I do think though, holding, you know, less stock of things um, would definitely be on my agenda. I did find that kind of my biggest hurdle with the store starting up because I didn't realize that your indent orders for next year had to be placed like now. And so that was a really interesting learning curve and something that I didn't really know before we kind of had signed the lease and we were off and running. So that was interesting. And you kind of just assume certain stock amounts and sizes of shoes as well, like all of these new things that were completely different. But definitely, I think reassessing our stock holdings and probably getting more advice in the future (laughs) of of how in the world I should have opened a shoe store with a bit of a better plan. um, Oh, look, you you weren't to know. Like like I said, a great concept, perfect planning, and especially in the location like you talk about in terms of having that support around you um, and how it's aligned to your career. And, you know, that plays a perfect part. No one was ever going to see this coming well some say that we should have seen it coming but who knows really (laughs) but it's good to hear that you're remaining positive about the fact that the store is going to do well you're going to continue in that direction and that there's no scurry to make a change just yet I don't think so and I think you know we'll do a relaunch once chaos calms down. Um, We had a few launch parties in Jan and Feb and they were really fun and really well received. So I think we'll definitely do that again, kind of a post-apocalyptic party um, or relaunch of the business. And yeah, it's, I don't, it's, it's frustrating, don't get me wrong. And I definitely have bad days and good days and emotional days, but I don't see it to be any reason to, you know, think about closing the doors this early in the piece. And I think, you know, if we can survive this at this point in our new business's um, journey, then I feel like we can probably conquer just about anything. 
Oh, that's awesome. That is so awesome to hear. Are you relying um, heavily on social media, those types of digital platforms to be able to continue your message, even if you do a relaunch for the store? And I'd also be interested to find out about with, with you guys being open, how you're, I guess, staying connected with people so that they do realize you're open because the drop could have been just out of sheer people thinking. And it was, yeah, there was, especially at the clinic at the start, um, we, you know, we've got such rigorous systems around our confirmations and, you know, confirming appointments and reminding people about appointments um, that we felt like we were kind of foolproof before this happened. But, you know, people would get the text messages and they wouldn't maybe answer our phone calls and then they wouldn't arrive to their appointment because they thought that we'd be closed. So, mm. yeah, even though we, we thought we had our confirmation system solid, this has definitely thrown a bit of an interesting curveball. And our cancellation rates of like day before and two days prior is huge compared to what it ever was. And I think part of that is due to people not understanding that we are an essential service and still having that nervousness around going out, which I can completely understand. Like I said, I'm essentially self-quarantined at home (laughs) being pregnant, but it's just that tricky game, not game, but tricky game of trying to alert people to the fact that we are still open and that we are still functioning normally, just with really high infection control standards, which as a podiatrist, ours are really high anyway. So it kind of is just that we've kicked things up an extra gear, which is fine and hasn't really impacted our team at all it's just that we're being much more obvious about our cleaning procedures we do use social media a lot for both businesses both instagram and facebook the tricky part i'm finding on both fronts is that a lot of people still say i didn't know you were here i never and we are on a back street and that was very intentional um, for both businesses when i moved Um, The clinic originally about four years ago, I didn't want our overheads to be huge because I didn't know how we would go um, being in our own freehold. And then with the store, we didn't want just foot traffic, as funny as that sounds, (laughs) Um, because of what we do in the store as far as how much time we spend with the customers in the store and how much detail we go into with the footwear, their foot ailments um, and the foot function. If you spend an hour with someone that was never intending to buy from you, it can become really exhausting. Um, so being off the beaten track a little bit is the bonus that we're a destination shop and people come to us specifically because they know we're there. It's just about educating the broader community that we are there. So social media has been great to a point and I think mm-hmm. the store's probably done a lot better because of social media and because of, I guess, um, relationships we had previously set up with local osteos and physios, etc. But the clinic, again, because we've got such a vast patient load from infants to 100-year-olds, yeah. there is kind of a gap on either end of the scale that doesn't see or get that um, platform from us. Yes. So, yeah, gone I feel are the days of, of newsletters so much popping up in your inbox because we all know what our inboxes look like. <laughs> um, it's just a, it's a weird point of trying to find the right way to communicate with people. Yeah, we do a lot of phone calls still, especially to that upper end of our um, generation, <laughs> um, anyone over about the age of 60 
uh, we do tend to try and get into contact with via the phone and we are trying to set up even just weekly times in everyone's diary to make contact with the people who we know live on their own, potentially don't have much family um, or close by family um, so that at least they know one, we are there if they need us, but also just to give them someone to talk to because... (laughs) My gosh, like the mental health side of things at the moment, I think is is really, really important for all demographics and ages. But the older population, they're scared. They're often alone. Um, and the least we can do is try and reach out. So we're using the old telephone to communicate with them. But yeah, the social media platforms as a whole have been really, really good. And I think the last month for me has given the, the store, so State of Solace, a bit of a rebirth on our social media platform. I feel like I've got a clearer idea of what I want our Instagram to look and feel like, whereas at the start it was a little bit more finding our feet, pardon the pun again. Um, (laughs) And I look back and I'm like, yeah, it's not really the feel that I maybe wanted or I didn't know then, but now I have a bit of a clearer idea of what I want our Instagram in particular to look like for the store. So I'm seeing that as a bit of a silver lining. But- I was going to say, that's a huge silver, we, you know, and a lot of business owners that I've spoken to have said the same thing. They've, they've had a, almost like a moment of clarity because of time where you're able to refocus on the business and thinking outside the square as opposed to what was working, what isn't working, what can we do better? So that's really great. Yeah, there's some real silver linings in that. Yeah. So it sounds like you've got a really great business strategy, community strategy that's really going to carry you through this. And I think that's going to be the positive that comes out of it for both your businesses. So just as we wrap up, I'd love some tips on what people should be wearing on their feet while we're walking <laughs> around. Just asking for a friend. Cool. Just yeah. asking for a friend. You can tell your friend. Yeah. Um, so you definitely want something on your feet, especially if you've got hard floors, wooden tiles, con- concrete slabs these days. People have polished concrete floors. So those are going to wear really hard on your feet. Being conscious of the fact that your routine has changed as well. So sitting at the desk, at home, there's not so many incidentals of getting up to go to the printer or getting a coffee and having a chat to a friend. So you are a lot more static as well. So being conscious of getting up and moving, but there's a really nice quote that I'm going to get wrong. I'm sure of it, but you were either on your bed, so sleeping on your mattress or you're standing on your feet. So you should invest well in your mattress and in your footwear. So I think having something that's got some structure, if you can get away with wearing a sneaker like a proper runner at home during this time, your body will love you for it. In saying that, your body may struggle when you do go back to the real world and have to wear nice tiny shoes again. So probably mixing up between a good range of your sneakers, but also if you do anticipate you'll be going back into a corporate lifestyle as as well. I think we all know what it feels like after summer, being in thongs and sandals (laughs) and then all of a sudden getting back into a high heel or into a narrow pointed something. Um, It can be a bit nasty, but definitely um, having something on your shoe and if you can have a sneaker on your shoe, your body, not just your feet, but your knees, your ankles, hips, lower back will love you so much more. Yeah, I've certainly noticed the change when I've been wearing my sneakers around the house, that's for sure. Um, But at least we now know where to come when this is all over to find that fancy footwear so that we can uh, re-enter the world and still be as comfortable as we have been in our sneakers at home. So thank you so much for your time today. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we go? 
No, I think just knowing that we're all in this together and the fact that, you know, it's not anyone's fault in business, depending on where you find yourself right now. It's, you know, it's got nothing to do with you. It's, you know, a situation no one could have predicted and, you know, stop and celebrate the wins that you do have along this part of your journey, especially because it is hard to see those silver linings sometimes and, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, but it's coming. We're doing a good job so far and um, stop and celebrate where you can. Oh, that's great advice. And yes, we definitely will see the light at the end of the tunnel. Good luck with your pregnancy and with being at home, get as much rest as you can because when we hit go again, I'm sure you're going to have a lot on your hands. So thanks, Amy. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Boring Shit You Need to Know About Business podcast. I'm Amy Bajada and I'll see you next week.